Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Luke chapter 24. I'm going to talk about a topic that when you first hear it, it's kind of come into our ears and we go, ooh. It's almost like a cuss word in modern Christianity. We don't like to use this word because, you know, we don't like anything that kind of pushes us or challenges us. And a lot of the church has got real, just kind of soft and they don't want to talk about this topic. So I'm going to talk about it. And when I say the word, you're going to be, oh, great, here comes one of them uh, legalistic hard sermons. And it's not at all. The word is, y'all ready? Get ready to cringe. Repentance. (laughs) He wants to talk about repentance. Last week he talked about God the Father and his love. Now we're going to talk about repentance? Of course we do. Everybody say repentance without scowling. Repentance. Repentance is a good thing. Repentance is not bad. It's not negative. It's extremely positive. So why do we view the concept of repentance as a bad situation that's negative? John the Baptist came preaching a message of repentance. Jesus Christ came preaching a message of the kingdom, and the only way you can enter in the kingdom is to Some of the first words out of Jesus' mouth in ministry was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Is the kingdom of God good or bad? Man, I love being in here where I can can hear you people say stuff and it's like, how many of y'all were saying it all along? That's what I don't believe. I think you just started saying stuff. I think you just started amening, okay? Because I can hear it and it's cool. All right, so... Repentance is not a bad word. Repentance is not a bad thing. You you should have a lifestyle of repentance. Here's a crazy thing. That we would live in the presence of God and in the Father's love with no expectation of having to change our hearts. That's religiosity. That is a, a messed up, that's a messed up system of religion, okay? So I want to talk about two scriptures. I'm going to talk about what repentance means real quick. And then we're just going to just take this teaching home and let the Lord work out in any of our hearts where we might have some repentance that needs to happen. Okay? It's not a bad thing. It's just a good thing. I had a pastor once, um, Elmer Nugent, when I was first assembly in, in Camden. And there would be times when he would correct me and he'd get on to me and he'd sit me down in his office. And he had a way of doing it that it, I, I coined the phrase, it hurts so good. Because he would sit there and he, he would point out things in my life that I knew he was right. I knew that, that the attitude of my heart was wrong and he would point these things out in a way that was loving yet firm and, I, and it would hurt so good. I would walk out of his office, tears rolling down my face, going, that man's right and I don't want to get before God and I want to get this right. We need to embrace when God wants to change our heart. We don't want to reject it. When we're rejecting God because we want to keep our heart the same, we're telling God, essentially, my way is better than yours. 
Yeah, I got What happened to the amens? <laughs> We're telling God, my way is better than yours. Okay? We sing that song, his way is better, right? We sing that song, it's better your way. Is it really better his way? Then why do we do things our way? That's where repentance comes in. Because the word repentance literally means to change the heart or to change the mind. I think one way, I feel one way, I live one way, I believe one way. Repentance is to literally have a change of heart or a change of mind. It's I'm walking in this direction, I'm walking, God's over there, I'm walking away from God, I'm going in opposite direction, doing things my way, doing what I want to do. And repentance is nothing more than having a change of heart and a change of mind, doing a 180, walking away from what I was walking towards. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Walking away from what I was walking towards and then start walking towards God. We want to have this concept where we can have that and that at the same time. And Jesus calls that lukewarmness and he says he didn't want to spit that out of his mouth. Amen? And so the concept of repentance is not like this, woe is you, you're a bad person, you're terrible. It's really just the concept of, you know what, I need to change the direction or the course of my life, what even specific areas, I need to turn around, I need to go the other way, towards God. So let's talk about the scripture. Verse 44, this is the end of Luke. This is Luke's account of what we read in Matthew, the end of Matthew, the Great Commission, okay? This is what Luke has to say to finish up his letter. He said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all the things that are written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Verse 45, you need to pray this verse. Highlight it, underline it in your Bible, and pray this verse daily, okay? Verse 45, he then opened their minds to understand the scriptures. How many of y'all could use a little mind opening? The scripture says that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And what understanding the scriptures does is whenever I'm walking away from God, if God will open my mind to understand the scriptures and what he's trying to do in my life, and it, it, I don't go, well, this is no fun zone. Well, this is no more, this is just, this is no, no, no more fun. It's, it's literally, my mind is open to understand the truth and the wisdom of the scriptures and I desire what's there more than what's there and I turn around and I, my mind has been open and now I'm desiring that more than I was desiring that. So he says, he, the Bible says, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, verse 46, and he said to them, so it is written, that Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. This is the Great Commission. Jesus suffers, buried, resurrected three days later, and, and Luke says, then after that, this is what has to happen. Repentance for forgiveness of sins would be preached or proclaimed in, the, to, in his name to all the nations, starting with Jerusalem. If I ask you, what's a, what's a message that we as the church have to have to reach the nations? Most of us would say something like the love of God or this or that or that first. And I'm here to tell you that, that Luke, through Jesus, says the first message we preach is that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. The love of God is right here 
for your grasp if you'll have a heart change. If you'll change the way you think now and begin to think like the scripture tells you to think, you can experience God in his kingdom and his love and his power and his grace and his glory and his mercy and his forgiveness and his salvation. But if you won't change, if you won't repent, if you hang on to that old way of thinking, if you hang on to that old heart posture, if you live in that old man and don't crucify the old man, right? If you live there, you cannot at the same time hang on to the kingdom and hang on to the earth. You can't at the same time have it his way and your way. It doesn't exist. You are either changing your heart to be... Conf- look, 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 look. I've heard this phrase used many, many, many times throughout Christianity. And people get saved and they begin to get changed by, by Jesus. And then, and then they say something like this. At some point, temptation comes back in their life or, or whatever it is. And they, start to, they, they, they were walking one way. They turned around and they started walking the, the other way. And then at some point, the temptation is to kind of backtrack a little bit. And most of the time when you hear somebody backtrack a little bit, what's happening is they'll say this, I'm changing so much, right? I'm changing so much. I'm literally losing myself so much. Change of heart, change of mind. I'm walking away from the former life and changing so much that it scares you at some point. And you have this opportunity to begin to think like the old self and you want to justify thinking that way, thinking, well, you know, you know, because here's the, here's the truth. When you begin to walk after God, it isn't all roses. It isn't a cakewalk. It isn't all pleasant. It isn't all frolicking through a field of lilies. Now that you've got hell's attention, guess what? Come on. Now that you've got hell's attention, changing the course of your life, which changes the course of of the people around you, now that you've got hell's attention, hell comes against you. I heard Bill Johnson say in live, in person one time, he said, if hell's not coming against you, you're probably walking the same direction hell is walking. And so what happens is we're we, through the process of repentance, we've forsaken our old life and we're walking toward Christ and we are changing. I am shedding the old man. My mind is being conformed and transformed and renewed and I'm shedding the old man. And at some point we get scared and we go, I don't even recognize myself anymore. And you start walking backwards because you want to look like yourself, which is not even the point. The point is to die to self, lose self, and to be conformed to the image of Christ. The end of the day, you want people not to see you. You want people to see Jesus in you. That's what I love about where we are and what we are doing. This nameless, faceless people who've decided to lose all of us and become all of him and say, we don't want the world to see a quote-unquote name of a church. We want the world to see Jesus. We can't hang on to an identity here. Our identity is Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's what Paul, that's what Paul said. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not Chester to the world. Chester is no good for the world. Some of y'all amen and real good now. Chester's no good to this world. The only thing I can offer to this world is anything that looks like Jesus inside of me. 
So repentance is this thing is where we're shedding. I'm, I'm literally, I'm, for, I'm changing my mind. My mind used to think that way. It needs to think that way. I'm turning around, walking away from the way I used to think. And walking towards the way Jesus thinks. Jesus said, let this mind be in you that was, Paul said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Who? And then he began talking about how he laid down his life and Christ resurrected, and God resurrected him. But what, what, what carnal Christianity looks like is someone who says they're walking toward God and yet saying out of their mouth thoughts that the old man used to think. And somebody, and that's where the lifestyle of repentance comes into play. How many of y'all ever heard a friend, a God-fearing, love Jesus friend, say some stuff and say, but that's the old you. Come on, raise your hand. Point a finger right now. Do it. Man, that's the old you. That, that, that is not Jesus. That's the old you talking right now. And that's where the constant need of repentance comes in. I got to stop thinking the way I used to think, and I got to think the way Christ thinks. That's why you need the scriptures. That's why he said he had to open their minds to the scriptures that they would think the way the word thinks, not the way the carnal mind thinks. The carnal mind, the scripture says, is enmity with God. You may be justified in a stinking way of thinking. You may have every reason to think that way, but the question at the end of the day is that the way Christ thinks. The question isn't the way, the question isn't, do you have a right to think the way you think? The question isn't, do you have, do you have a permission? Or the question isn't, do you have a, a, a reason? The question is not any, is there a legitimate reason to think the way the carnal world thinks? The question is, is that the way Christ thinks? And if it's not, then what has to happen? Repentance. The changing of the mind. The forsaking of self. The forsaking of self. The looking less like Chester and more like Jesus. And Jesus says, repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in Jesus' name to all nations. And that's the essence of the gospel. That's the essence of the gospel. You get the love of God wrong if you don't think of the love of God through the open mind of the scriptures. If you think of the love of God through the carnal mind, you'll pervert the love of God. But if your mind, if revelation has come into your life and your mind and your heart has been open to what the love of God is and you think of it the way he thinks of it, then it'll change your life. You understand what I'm saying to you? So we need repentance. We need, it's not just a mind change. It's an attitude adjustment. Come on, somebody point, you, point to uh, yourself and say, this guy needs an attitude adjustment. I need a, an adjustment from time to time. When I was younger, my mother would grab a belt and say, boy, you need an adjustment. It's time for a realignment. I wish more parents would do what my mom did these days. Do you need an adjustment? To be adjusted is not just, look, 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 here's the thing. As many people can kind of comprehend what God wants them to think 
or the way he wants them to think. But if I, I have somebody and I need them to think what I want them to think versus I need them to live like I want them to live, God speaking, that makes sense? I can become animatronic, I can become a robot, and for a season, I'll regurgitate the thoughts that the Scripture says to have. But it's got to go from here to here to where I actually believe that the way of God is better than my way. And until my heart posture and my what I think comes into agreement together, I'm a divided man. Because I'm literally battling my heart and trying to force my mind to do what it doesn't want to do and at some point I'll give up and stop. That's why you have to be convinced in your heart. That's why you got to be convinced in, in, inside of you that, that what God is doing is better. It's not just, well, that's what it says, so I guess I need to do it. How many of you ever just tried to push through and just muscle, you know, and, and it doesn't get you anywhere? Because you're convinced, because you you think it up here, but you're not convinced in here. Christian, is forgiveness God's way? And we'll say yes with our minds. That we'll think of somebody. We'll think of somebody who our heart doesn't want to forgive. And until we get to the point of the heart posture changes. This heart's walking away from God, but until it changes to say, yeah, you know what? God's way is actually better than my way. Until we make that transition in our heart, God, man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the... Until we make that transition in our heart, you can be a Christian by mental ascent all day long. You can, you can think things that God thinks. I think that forgiveness, I think the principle is God says forgiveness is better than unforgiveness. The principle is true, but in your heart, did you believe that forgiving that person who's wronged you, that person, what a weird time for Hannah to come around the corner. Right? I pointed. <laughs> okay. Okay. You, you see what I'm saying? You can, you can believe in the principle of forgiveness, but when you have to actually put a face and a name and a person and say that person it's actually better to forgive them than it is to do it my way and until we can get our heart posture to go yes that's better his way's better until we can get our heart there then we are in need of repentance this is why it's important that we repent not just for our salvation. Repentance unto salvation, absolutely. But I want, to, I want to throw you in one more scripture. Let's talk about Acts chapter 3. I read this scripture a couple of weeks ago, and I cannot stop thinking about this scripture. This, is, this scripture is the reason I'm preaching this today. Acts chapter 3 says this. Therefore, everybody say the word real loud. Therefore. Uh, I was trying the next word. <laughs> therefore, therefore, repent. Well, you know, repentance was John the Baptist's message. That's not the message anymore. That's the new covenant. Hello. We're in Acts. This is Peter just baptized with the Holy Ghost. First message out of his mouth. Repentance. Look at me. I want every person to look at me right now. 
The message has never, ever, ever changed. The message is still repentance. The message has never changed. Therefore, repent and return. Look at me. Here's Israel. Here's Peter baptizing the Holy Spirit, speaking to the sons of Israel who had begun to walk away from God, crucified the Christ, right? He's walking away from God. And, the, and Peter says, stop, change your heart, change your mind, and return back to your God. That is the, that's the principle and the essence of repentance. This is what he said. Therefore, repent and return. Next two words, so that. If you do these things, something happens. Well, I'm, I'm about to really talk to us for a second. So that if you repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that. Repent, return, get the sin, the unforgiveness, the anger, the bitterness, the, the lust, the rejection, the whatever, whatever. Get it off of my heart, wipe myself clean in repentance, changing my heart posture in order that. This is what we want. Not just to be clean, but when we turn around, seasons, times of refreshing that come from the Lord. Not just that come from the Lord, that come from the, say the word, presence. And I'm speaking, I'm prophesying again to a presence-driven church. I'm saying to a church that loves his presence, we've fallen in more in love with the presence than we have with repentance. And one of the things that got us sideways was presence without repentance. Was feeling goosebumps of the Holy Spirit without changing our heart. With being in love with the feeling that he brings us, but not being in love with his way that is better than our way. To be a church that wants to have the experience but doesn't want to have the posture change. They don't want to have the heart change. They doesn't want to change directions and walk a different way. They just wants to get our fix on Sunday morning, walk out and walk back to the way we used to live. That's no bueno anymore. That's no good. It's not going to cut it. If we're serious about a serious change, if we're serious about a true season of refreshing from the Lord, if we're saying we're walking out of the old and into the new, if we're saying I believe God is taking our sorrow and turning it to joy, taking our mourning and turning it to gladness, then we must repent. I believe with all my heart that there is a season and a time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, we are a presence-driven church, and I feel like that presence is fixing to go to another level. If, if, if we're able to look at, if we're able to go, you know what? I'm tired of doing it my way. Tired of, let me ask you this way. If his way equals refreshing, our way has been equaling strife. Well, I'm preaching better than you're saying. 
our way has been equaling strife and struggle and stress. How many of y'all feel like you've clawed your way through life for the last several years? Come on, raise your hand. I'll go after. Feel like you've just, it's been everything it is to just put one foot in front of the other. And I'm telling you, 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 you just trying to walk down this road. And the problem is, is you're walking the wrong direction. This, this road, is, this wide road is trampled by many and it's turned into a mud pit. And you're walking down this road and it's, it's struggle, it's heartache, it's pain. And I'm telling you, you're saw, you prayed the prayer, God, I long for a season of refreshing. I long for a time where it feels different. I'm ready for something new and refreshing and revital. I'm ready for that to happen in my life. And what we want is God to just show up with his presence. Are you all there? We want just God to sovereignly show up with his presence and take us and pick us up and do all, all that he does. And, clean us. and he does that. But according to this scripture, if we repent and return, so that a time of refreshing. One of the craziest things that I see in the, the church today, especially charismatic church today, is there, there seems to be step in step people who walk in the spirit. This, this is weird, okay? Who walk in the spirit and you think that there's presence of God in their life. And you think that there's this nearness to God in their life. But at the same time, they're walking in a way that's contrary to what the scripture tells us to walk. And we can't make it make sense in our minds. And we're going, why, why does it seem, why, why do they seem so near to God? And I'm telling you right now, the true season of refreshing from the presence of the Lord is, that, is, is on the other side of a heart change. Scripture says it's on the other side of a heart change. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I've never heard anybody go, you know what? I decided not to walk my way and walk God's way. And at the end of the road, I just determined it wasn't worth it. I really regret forgiving that person. Never heard anybody say, I really regret forgiving that person. Now, I've heard lots of people at the end of their life with tears running down their face saying, I wish I would have gotten that relationship right sooner. I've never, I've never had one kid walk up to me and say, my parents took me to church too much. I read too much of the Bible when I was... Growing up. Have you? I never heard one person go, I went to church too much. I, I prayed too much. I regret giving so much money to God. I regret giving so much time to God. I've never heard one person at the end of their life giving their life away to God say, I wish I'd have done that. But I, have, I've, I've, I can't count on both hands. Countless number of people 
who come to some crisis in their life and say, I wish I would have. In other words, what I'm saying is, there's no such thing as regret that follows repentance. But there is such thing as not repenting that leads to a life of regret. Look at me, look at me in this room. Do you really want to be a person who hangs on to bitterness, rejection, anger, uh, you would only be a person who hangs on to your right to feel the way you want to feel for all the days of your life. Or do you want to have a heart change? And do you want to walk for in seasons and times of refreshing in, from the presence of the Lord? I hate to say this, but a lot of times when people say, I don't have peace in my life, my first thought is, what are you doing that's bringing unpeace, turmoil to your heart? Peace and joy are the promise of the Lord, priests. Peace and joy are the promise of the Lord. Peace, joy. Uh, my burden, my yoke is easy. It isn't heavy. Right? These things are the promise of the Lord, and whenever there's not peace in our hearts, I really have to go, Chester, what am I doing that my heart and my mind needs to turn away from the way I think into what I'm, into the way you think that would produce seasons of refreshing in the presence of the Lord? Now, hear what I'm telling you. Hear what I'm telling you. Repentance, not a bad word. Repentance is great. If I said to you, raise your hand, if you want to experience, right now, I will lift my hand, and when I lift my hand, like magic fireballs from the tips of my fingers will shoot inside your soul, and everyone will experience the presence of God in a season of refreshing. Most of you be like, yes, let's try it. Chester, what can I do to feel the presence of God? What can I do to feel the refreshing of the Lord? We want, see, we want the magic trick. We want the microwave. We want the quick fix. We want, we want to be a diamond without having to go through the pressure. We want to be a costly oil without having to be squeezed. I'm telling you right now, if you will put yourself through the sometimes not pleasant process of changing your heart and deciding and believing and having your heart open to the scriptures. When I encounter people who are offended with somebody else, I will say first, have you prayed about this? Almost 100% no, I haven't prayed about this. Oh, hello. <laughs> Have you prayed about this? No, I haven't prayed about this. I don't need to pray about that. The way they did was wrong. Yes, what they did was wrong. Nobody's saying what they did was right. All not talking about them, I'm talking about your heart. You can be absolutely done wrong. None of your fault. And still need to come to a place of repentance. Why? Because it's not about them. It's about the heart posture. God's not looking at the external. He's looking at the heart. 
Did I ever tell you that story one time in, in, at school? It's kind of a dumb teenager story. I had a friend in college, my roommate, okay? And um, we, you know how guys are, especially in a dorm, you pick on each other all the time, right? And there was these, there was these uh, we called them the Hawks, but they were like these guys with little badges that were in charge of, you know, keeping order, <laughs> right? And so they could write you up and send it in to pastoral care, and they had to go in for a meeting and a discipline hearing and all this kind of stuff. And so one day a hawk saw me, the Hawks. I walk in the church, and I, I went behind. Hey, come on, I need to borrow you for a second. Uh, thank you for your service to the Lord. Turn, turn around. He's sitting in the pew in front of me. I go to sit right behind him, and I just thump him on the ear real hard and just sit down. And he turns around. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for your ear. He turns around, and he goes, who are you? Why would you do that? And the guy's watching, and the guy literally believes that, that I just thumped some random stranger in the back of the head. So guess what I get? One of them little pink slips. Please come to pastoral care. You need uh, uh, counseling, whatever. Anyway, so I go to pastoral care. I'm sitting down with one of these pastors who's, who's going who's gonna to talk to me about not being a dummy. And he says to me, why, do you, why would you thump somebody that's a complete stranger? And I said, time out. I said, I said, I didn't. That's my roommate. And I told the guy the story, and he laughed it off and sent me away because he understands 19-year-old boys, right? So he laughed it off, sent me away. The thing is, is I knew the guy who did it. A little bit older guy, like in his 50s, had come to Bible school, and he thought he was the king of the hill, and he was like the hawk to the T. Okay? And he, I, now I was angry at him. And I went to all my friends and gossiped about the hawk. Told everybody how much of a, a turd he was. And then I went, and, and every time I'd see him, I, he would wave, and I would just turn my head the other way and just walk on down. I was offended. I was mad. And I was right because he falsely accused me of doing something I didn't even do. I was right. I was right. I was the guy who was done wrong by an overabusive power happy hawk. I was right, he was wrong. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, you know, you're in Bible school and you're supposed to be spiritual. I would get up every morning and go to pray. And I would leave prayer boiling hot. Because I'd start off trying to be spiritual and I, and I couldn't pray more than like 10 or 15 minutes and I'd walk out of my prayer time hot and angry because the Lord would not leave me alone about it. And so literally, I'm supposed to be preparing to take the gospel to the world. And I'm worried about a hawk. And so after a week, the Lord finally just makes it very plain. You go and repent to him. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I don't think you were there. <laughs> At church that morning, I was in the overflow. You must have been in the main sanctuary, God. <laughs> I don't think you were there. I didn't do anything wrong. This is not my fault. Come on. I'm the victim. The Lord says, every time you come to talk to me, this is the conversation until you go make it right. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? So I go find the hawk. His other affectionate name was the shoe man. 
the reason we called him the shoe man was because when the Holy Spirit would kind of get heavy on him, he'd go, shoe! <laughs> and so, you know, we called him the shoe man. Some of y'all don't have no idea what I'm talking about. You should go to revival, okay? Anyway, so we called him the shoe man. We had lots of nicknames. There was a, there was a young lady who had too much peach fudge. We called her the bearded one. Anyway, so I'm, te- I'm not teasing. But anyway, the point is, the point is we had all these bad nicknames. I needed repentance. Okay, so the point is, is I, I see the shoe man. I see the hawk shoe man standing out by himself, opening the doors for people being nice. And the Holy Spirit says, you go find him and talk to him and repent to him. And so I go find him. And I begin to talk to him, and I begin to, hey, man, i got to apologize to you. I'm really sorry. I've been kind of like, you know, very angry at you. I've been gossiping about you. I've been saying some bad stuff about you. And because, uh, you know, you, I got in trouble, and, and I know you're the one to turn me in. And so I really am sorry. Forgive me. So the dude forgives me. And when we start talking, come to find out the shoe man, listen to me, while I'm in Bible school, I leave, and my parents were pastoring a church in Gentry where I met Missy. And by the time, in the first semester of leaving, my parents got called to a different church in Hat, Hatfield, Arkansas. And they're pastoring this church in Hatfield, Arkansas. Okay? I had never been to this church yet because I've been in Pensacola, Florida. I'm talking to this guy called the Shoe Man. His real name is John. I'm talking to John, and John starts telling me about his life. And he begins to tell me that he is from a small church in Hatfield, Arkansas, that my father is now pastoring. And he begins, yeah, and he begins to tell me all this stuff about the church. And, and I'm like, well, small world, Hawk. My dad now pastors that church. Your dad pastors that church? Wow, that's amazing. And, and now we have this connection, and I would see him at different events. When I moved back, to I would see him at different revival events around the state of Arkansas, and we'd go hug each other and have this big old deal. And to a guy, I was wanting to strangle with my bare hands. I had no idea that God had kind of put our worlds in the same world. And that connection could have been lost if I would have just decided that I was owed my anger and bitterness. Was I right? Yes. You can be 100% right and 100% wrong right here. Do y'all hear what I'm telling you? You can be 100% right and 100% wrong right here. And the only way we can get this right is to turn away from the way we think in our own heart posture and to turn to the Lord and to have that heart begin melting. That heart of stone becomes pulverized and melted in the presence of the Lord. And the more we return, the more we repent, the more in the presence we are, and our heart is different, 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 different. And then we're saying things we thought we would never say, doing things we thought we'd never do, loving people we thought we would never love. Because of repentance. How many of y'all raised your hand? You want to enter into a season of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So do I. We can pray for revival. That's good. We can pray for the presence of God to be near us. That's good. But the scripture tells us one thing we know that will work. 
repentance. When will you be mature enough to say and actually believe that his way is better than our way? That his thoughts are higher than our thoughts? That his ways are better than our ways? That sounds familiar. Is that in the Bible somewhere? (laughs) That's repentance. God's not out to make you feel bad. Repentance is not a negative word. God's not out to get you in trouble and make you feel bad and sorrow and shame. That's what I want for you. No, he wants your heart to change because he's got a season of refreshing waiting for you. He's got a time of glory prepared for you if you'll just turn and walk in the other direction. Stand up on your feet. I want everybody to close your eyes. I'm not going to call anybody to the front. I'm not going to call anybody to step out of your pew. I'm not going to pew seat. I'm not going to call anybody. Lift their hand. I'm just going. To, I just want you to talk to God one on one. With your eyes closed, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this question. Holy Spirit, what area of my life do I need to change my mind and change my heart? Now, here's the thing. When you ask that question, he's not withholding an answer from you. What area of my life do I need to change my mind and change my heart? And right now, you're thinking of a situation, a person. Repent. Get in the Word And let him open up the scriptures to you. Let him show you his way. His higher way. Your altar call is to go home and get before the Lord and let your heart be changed. Have a change of mind. Have a change of heart. Repent. Now, when everybody look at me, I want to give you an exhortation. This is, I'm going to say a word of exhortation, not the word warning. Exhortation. If the Holy Spirit deals with you, look at me. The Holy Spirit deals with you in this room about a particular situation, and you're struggling, okay? I want to give you this warning. Let's say it's, let's just say it's unforgiveness towards somebody, okay? It could be anything. You know the story in the Bible about the man who had the house, and there was demons in the house, and they got all the demons out of the house, and they swept the house clean, right? Come on, how many of you know that story? And he didn't occupy the house. In other words, they didn't put the God thing in the house. Just kind of stayed neutral. In other words, getting rid of negative is only the beginning part of repentance. It's to get the old out, but it's to put the new in. 
And if you don't, if you kind of say, okay, I forgive somebody, but you don't actually let forgiveness come into your heart and fill you for that person, for that situation, if you, if you don't, then you'll wake up a few years later, look at me, and it'll be worse than it was. Things with God don't stay neutral. There is no parking. There is no neutral ground with God. You're either climbing the mountain of the Lord or you're coming down. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. There is no stationary plateau in your walk with God. It's onward march or it's, it's falling away. But you have to get your heart clean. Then you have to occupy it. In other words, what I'm saying to you is this. And some of y'all are going to be mad. When Missy, not Missy, when someone does me wrong, it's not enough just to release that person of wrongdoing. But I literally must take on God's heart towards that person. That's the depth of forgiveness. That's the totality of repentance. And to the degree that we can repent. I'm not saying I have to be your best friend. I'm not saying you got to whatever. But I'm saying you got to. But you got to be able to pray for them. Yep. You got to be able to love them in the Lord. To the degree you're able to change your heart posture, and, and it's no longer your heart posture, but it's God's heart posture in you. To the degree that you can take on God's heart. Here's what you need to think of it this way. You need to think about your heart being removed from your body and God's heart being put inside of you. That's repentance. Nah. Nah, nah, that, that heart right there, it's, there's a reason it's hard. There's a reason I'm a, it's okay, I can feel this way. I'm justified. Right? Hell will give you a reason to hang on to your unrepentant heart. Who has the thirst? Unfortunately for some of us, look at me. Unfortunately for some of us, can you put that scripture back on there for me, brother? Unfortunately for some of us, we won't change our heart until into, into a time of refreshing until we're so fed up with the current time we're in. And look at me. The mercy and grace of God is to let you feel the weight of your own bitterness so that you may make a decision to say, I'm done with this. I need a new way. Are you out there? We're going deep for a second. The mercy of God is to not sugarcoat the situation for you. But the mercy of God is to let you feel the weight of your own unrepentant heart that you will say, I'm sick of it. What did they say to that one man? Turn him over to Satan so that he may what? For his own destruction, that he may turn back to God. What happened with the prodigal son? He wakes up in the pig pit and said, I cannot do this anymore. I pray that you, in your heart and in your life, come to the end of your rope and go, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't live another day like this. I don't want another second. I don't want another moment. I'm tired of drinking, drinking a cup of bitterness. I need a fresh drink from God. 
And when you get to the end of yourself, maybe you'll find Him. But what we want is just medicated. We want this medicated existence and tolerance for bitterness and unrepentant heart in our life. God, I want to show up for church and I want to feel your presence. And let me know everything's okay. Everything's hunky-dory. But God wants your heart. And he wants it to change. Not because you're terrible, but because he's jealous for you. Amen? So one more time, in the name of Jesus, come to the end of yourself in that situation. I hope and I pray that you've drank your full of that cup of bitterness and you want a new cup. You want to, you're tired. You, you want to live your last day and your last second in a time of turmoil and you're ready for a time of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Let your heart change. Repent for the kingdom of God is at your hand. Jesus' name I pray. Hey, I love you. Y'all have a great day.